Hey everyone, this is Tim from the Mental Health Hour podcast, and I wanted to take a second to talk to you about why we made the switch to Zencaster. When Gemma and I started the Mental Health Hour, we did not know much on how to distribute the show and get it out there to the folks. After trying some different podcast hosting sites, we were able to get our show out there, but opportunities for promotion of the show, audience growth, and monetization to help support the show and make it better were slim to none. After switching to Zencaster, we noticed a spike in viewers and listeners across all the major platforms. Zencaster is an all-in-one platform to record, produce, promote, and publish your podcast. Depending on the price package you choose, the studio has state-of-the-art video and audio recording software. You and your guests of the show can come on and record your show right on the website and then edit it, publish it, and they will distribute it. Recording studio quality sound and up to 4K video with multi-layered backups so you never lose your recording. And the best part is the customer service and support. The support staff gets back to you quickly and answered all of my questions making the transition to Zencaster seamless. Do yourself a favor. Go to Zencaster.com slash pricing and use my code TMHH15 and you'll get 30% off your first month of any Zencaster paid plan. I want you to have the same easy experience as I do for all my podcasting and content needs. It's time to share your story. Welcome to the Mental Health Hour, and welcome on in to episode 112. 112. Tonight we're discussing a, uh, is this a, this is a viewer request, Gemma? Yeah, it is, yeah. Yes, uh, this is a, a viewer request. It's um, coercive control. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's a good one to kind of piggyback on Domestic Violence Awareness Month. Uh, so the timing is right for it. We just did a um, recap episode on domestic violence awareness. Mm-hmm. Uh, so continuing on with that, we're going to look at coercive control, which is just, uh, it's not necessarily a another way of saying domestic abuse or domestic violence. But it's uh, it's a a branch of it, I guess. Would you would you say that that's fair, Gemma? Oh yeah, definitely. The um, it is a it is a form of domestic abuse. Um, but it has definitely got its own thing. Like, yeah. <laughs> right on. So that's what we'll be getting into tonight. First, let's uh, uh do some intros as always i'm tim that's Gemma. we host the mental health hour uh here on twitch is where we record it um but all the replays can be found on our youtube page we edit them up make them look pretty this is just the raw recording that we do we like to do it live because that's how we came up going live Gemma on periscope and probably some a platform or two before that, Bumble or whatever. 
Yeah, busker. I did busker. A busker. And uh, I got my start on haps. And I Some broke it. <laughs> but uh, it, the show is a podcast um, in its root form, but we do like to record it live in front of the audience. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that is on Twitch if you want to catch us live every Wednesday night, 6 p.m. Eastern time. For those of you listening on all the platforms out there. Um, good to see everybody in here tonight. Uh, please feel free to jump in with any comments as always, and let us know your thoughts on the topic. But Gemma and I are going to roll through some slides as always. Uh, I've got a brief video to look at tonight, um, on something that we'll get into a little bit later. It's a part of coercive control, but it's something I feel that a lot of people don't know what they're talking about when they use the term. I'll leave it at that. We'll get into it down the road here on tonight's episode. Tracy, good to see you. How you doing? Um, so let's start like we not always, but normally do. Gemma, what have you for us and the people on coercive control? Oh, gosh. Now... It took me many, many years to realize that not only was it a form of abuse, but it was something that had been happening to me for many, many years. Um, I think when something like that, when you're going through something like that, you just, you just think it's normal. And I think accept it, especially when some of the coercion and things isn't in your own mind a bigger deal and having come from a background that was largely now I am aware that it wasn't like normal so it already made me more accepting of other people's behavior that was negative and there is an awful lot of it out there Sometimes I think it's done unknowingly and that sometimes people don't mean to do it. It can be done because maybe someone has got low self-esteem, low, um, a low mood, something like that. And as a result of those things can be coercively controlling to their partner or a family member or a friend not knowing that they're doing it but doing it because of their own hang-ups and their own problems and then some people do it absolutely on purpose because of the power that they feel that it gives them and I think that the difference with that is if you are then made aware that you are doing this and you are affecting someone's behavior for example if um two people are in a relationship one person wants to go out and see their friends or something and then the other person doesn't want them to doesn't say i don't want you to but start saying things that will make them change what they do then that is a form of coercive control 
you are controlling what they want to do. Absolutely. Without right saying, I don't want you to go. And right. one of the big things that I had with separating from a relationship was, and this is a huge form of coercive control, if you leave me, I'll kill myself. I can't live without you. The number right. of times I have seen and heard of that is just unbelievable. That is, um, that's a big one. Absolutely. The threat of physical harm to oneself. Mm -hmm. um, and also the, the threat of physical harm to your intimate partner. Um, or uh, it, I guess it doesn't really have to be solely intimate partners. Oh, no, it can be your family. Mine was. A lot of mine was my family. Um, it, yeah, anybody at all. It can be your friends, it can be a relative, family, anyone. It doesn't have to be an intimate partner relationship. Right. Um, and that's one thing to take away from the early stages of this episode is that um, while it's it is a part of domestic violence and domestic as a whole means in home or uh, in family um, or, you know, your immediate surroundings, mm -hmm. uh, people you're close with, usually uh, it's not all the time, even with domestic violence, it's not always mm -hmm. um, intimate partner. Yeah. It, there could be domestic abuse going on within a family like Gemma was just touching on uh, would you like to elaborate elaborate a little further um yeah obviously I don't want to say all of what had gone on but I very much had it from very very early childhood um where things would be said like uh, just to give you an example uh, when there was some domestic abuse I would be told that, well, you can tell them at the hospital what happened, but if you do, you'll end up going into care and you'll never see your family again and you'll be put miles and miles away and the person that did this to you will go to jail and it will kill them because they won't be able to cope with it. And that is subconsciously then putting that onus on me thinking that okay yeah okay I've just been beating the shit out of and I need to go to hospital mm -hmm. but if I say something all this bad stuff's gonna happen so I can't say anything and that was just one example there's many 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 examples smaller ones uh just constant like um controlling every single aspect of my life even down to points of when you're given homework at school, when I was in um, my early years schooling, I obviously there wasn't computers and things around like we know now and the internet, so I couldn't go and research things. Mm -hmm. So when you had to go and research things, you would ask like family members and things, um, whoever, and right. I would tell things that weren't necessarily factual but based on somebody else's belief that was being imposed on me, delivered to me as being factual, going to school and delivering this 
what I believed was factual information to be told that I was wrong and get bullied and ridiculed because I got this wrong and it wasn't that at all and it was just all sorts of things controlling you from having a life and from going out and exactly that, it yeah. basically it basically shuts down your or or so at the basic level and mm -hmm. um I was reading an article I texted I was talking to Gemma before the show I was reading an article about coercive control and it was uh, heavily surrounding the Gabby Petito case, which if you're not familiar, that was the van life uh, girl that was um, traveling cross country. She was dating a guy named Brian Laundrie and she wound up getting killed by Brian Laundrie. And it was a high profile case there for uh, a little bit, what was that, like two years ago, I want to say, maybe not even that long, but the root of that whole relationship uh, was, and, and all the issues uh, were, they were finding out later, coming back to coercive control. He had coer he had just control absolute control over her um through coercion and that's the that's the bottom line here um of what coercive control means um it, it's I, let me read this real quick uh because it kind of summed it up a little bit um for me uh, and got me on the right track for tonight's episode you know, to keep it, it uh, its own separate thing. Um, this says, is someone using every trick in the book to control you? Anger and dirty looks to intimidate you? Guilt tripping to render you helpless? Gaslighting and trying to make you think you are crazy? Blaming and shaming? Pushing past your boundaries? Refusal to own their part of the problem? Creating emotional storms to wear you down? You just might be suffering from coercive control tactics. Don't fall for control tactics. And then it goes on about, you know, changing the subject, walking away and such. But that's kind of the root of what we're discussing tonight. And we're going to start looking at some slides here in a moment. I did want to revisit a slide from before. Uh, we just did, like I said, we just did the domestic violence episode. And uh, I pulled up a slide that looked something like this. Actually, it looked exactly like this because it's the same slide. Um, and just to quickly uh, look at this again, because it totally um, it totally fits in just the same with coercive control as it does with domestic abuse. We're talking physical. We're talking violence. We're talking sexual. Um, we're using emotional abuse, uh, intimidation tactics, economic abuse is humongous with coercive control. Mm -hmm. Not just like Gemma was saying, one of the big ones is, if you leave me, I'm going to kill myself or I'm going to do harm to myself or to someone else. Mm -hmm. That is a big one. But one of the one of the um, one of the very uh, top of the 
uh, tier things that I was looking at and that I can probably say that in my drinking days, maybe I had a part in that too, a little coercive control tactics is the economic side of things. Um, I make more money, so I control what goes on with the finances. And that's not how we do things today. That's not how my wife and I work. Yeah, I make a bit more money than her, but um, we both contribute to this household and we both work together with our incomes and make this dream a reality. And it's, it's a, we have a, a fine system that we employ here. And I don't ever take my money. I make more money. I, this is my bank account, my house. Hey, Mr. Med, good to see you. Um, but yeah, so money is another one that's just very high up on the, on the list of things. It's easy to control somebody Absolutely. with financial strain and stress uh, because not only do we do it to our spouses or our inter intimate partners or whatever, um, and you, you might not be coercively controlling. It, it might not be to the point of domestic abuse and stuff, but if you can look in the mirror and say you haven't held something over your intimate partner's head just to get something you want, a little manipulation, uh, then you're lying. Everybody's done it. It's okay. We're not doing it at a um, at a controlling level where mm -hmm. you're taking it to that next level and actually jailing them, essentially, putting them in yeah. a prison. Um, uh, but money uh it's not just it's not just us doing it to each other uh the banks and um big companies stronghold the little guys all the time the hell? With, with finance uh you get beat to the dirt sometimes with finances um from from uh, uh pharmaceutical companies uh you name it i, I don't want to get into all of it that's going down the lane of more political talk However, it is still a thing, not just like we were saying, not just intimate partners, but you see it. If you open your eyes up and look around, you see it all over the place. Um, and that's the thing, money. Um, they say money can't buy happiness, but you absolutely need it to survive in this world now. And taking that away from somebody, be in the form of physically removing their money, their bank cards, like I've had before, or not giving them anything and even down to the people that need to claim benefits to keep going and they take it away penalize them for something or the or another that is also controlling everything about it they can't eat they can't pay their bills they could get evicted it's just constant you can't do anything these days without money unfortunately that, and that's that's money is the root of all evil they say um, yes. there's lots of trains of thought and, um, on what the true root of all evil is, but money's definitely up there. Um, so oh. economic abuse, economic abuse is uh, a big part of this. A lot of the times you'll catch 
any uh, if you watch crime document uh, documentaries or um, like I get I get into the Discovery Dateline ID shows uh, from here from time to time I like watching those I don't know why they just hold my attention I like a good murder mystery uh, oh, yeah. but the, just listen to all the coercive control tactics because it's literally sprinkled through most of all of those cases. There's either something financially going on from one partner to another or mm -hmm. emotional abuse. Um, those are the two big ones. The intimidation, as you can see on the slide here, um, and even coercion made the list. Now, when we did the episode on domestic violence, I didn't know we were going to do this episode. So it's just so happens that it was there from the get-go. And here we are today doing this episode. So that's why I wanted to bring this back up and just remind you, it is domestic violence. It is uh, domestic abuse. Uh, but yeah. it is its own, it's its own thing. Coercion itself is just not something that is healthy in any stretch of the uh, imagination for any relationship. Uh, whether it be intimate partner or work or friends, or it's just not healthy at all. And yeah. unfortunately, sorry, that, that's okay. I, I was just going to say, unfortunately, it's something we do a lot of. Even if we're, like I said, even if we're not doing it to an abusive level, uh, mm -hmm. everybody manipulates things their way every now and again. You know. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was just going to say as well, I have an interesting fact about coercive control and behaviour. Um, it's a UK related thing for anybody in the UK. But um, coercive control wasn't actually a crime right up until 2015. And it's after the death of, I believe, um, it was Sally Challen who killed her then partner, I think he was called Richard, because uh, she just had enough of his controlling, coercive behaviour, killed him. And right up at that point, it wasn't seen as any form of abuse or anything. And due to lots of petitioning and everything else, it became then uh, a Section 76 serious crime of 2015, where now it is seen as a crime in its own right. So that's not that long. As it should be. So I it is even a... got a conviction for mine. Yeah. Um, he would have got, he, he did get away with it, but you know. I know. And I, I hate to say it um, because I don't like that side of me or who I used to be when I was drinking before I got sober. But I dabbled in this coercive shit a lot and you know what i i made a huge point during our domestic violence episode because i did take some some of the blame i i shouldered it i said yes when i was drinking i i i did some things that you know could be considered and was domestic mm -hmm. abuse uh emotional but i i made damn sure to, to let y'all know that I never put a hand on a woman. Just mm -hmm. I was not raised that way. It is not my 
lifestyle. It's not what I would ever do. Not something I would ever do. But that doesn't get me off the hook because here we are only a couple of weeks later doing an episode on coercive control. And now I'm seeing exactly what I was doing because this was it here. The coercion, the manipulation. An alcoholic's brain works double time on the manipulative side of things just to get that buzz, just to get what he needs, which is the alcohol. Um, so we'll do anything we can. And it doesn't have to just be an alcoholic. A, a, an addict, let's say an addict, is a very manipula manipulative mastermind to get to his high, to get to his fix, and, and damn anybody in his way or hers. Mm-hmm. So a lot of that it boils down to coercion, and I am guilty. Uh, I like to think I'm better now, um, now that I'm sober, three years sober, and uh, we're doing uh, some great things here now in in my family. Yeah. All right, let's let's run down uh, a quick list of coercive control potential items this one i didn't think i couldn't find a good place to split it so it's a little small um but jim will read it off to you yeah and, uh again for anybody listening along on the podcast platforms uh the bio link is in the show notes uh where you can also find a link to our discord in the show notes join the discord you can see all of these slides in person, I'm going to post them up as soon as we go off air. Thank you. Pajama. Yeah, okay. So, coercive control, a pattern of behavior which seeks to take away freedom and sense of self through demands, threats, and surveillance. So, we have manipulation, minimalization, denial, lies, promises, excuses, rationalizations and blaming others, stalking, surveillance, unwanted contact, extreme jealousy, possessiveness, accusations of infidelity, uh, cruelty, threats, intimidation, unreasonable and non-negotiable demands, public or private sharing, shaming even, sorry, threatening to our partner, sexual orientation, immigration, status, or other secret, ignoring your partner's needs, opinions, feelings, and the harm that their behavior does, punishing partner and children for infractions of their rules, denying access to money, sabotaging your ability to work, constantly engaging costly legal matters, refusing to pay child support, identity theft, and forcing partner to trade sex for, for uh, things of value, and then controlling access to basic needs like food, shelter, clothing, etc. Denial of medical care, forcing of pregnancy or abortion, controlling access to transportation, controlling access to information and services, and restricting daily activities. And then we have destroying other relationships, isolation from friends, family, and co-workers, denying access to children, physical violence, 
sexual violence and violence against animals. Excellent. Um, so there's a lot, a lot. Um, I, I wanted to start with this slide just to kind of put it out there. Mm -hmm. uh, here's a good list of what it is we're talking about. It's also a, a list you can run down and see, you know, check in with yourself. Are you guilty mm -hmm. of doing any of these things? Um, again, maybe not to an abusive and obsessive manner, but occasionally every once in a while to get your way on something here or there. Mm. Have you done any of this? I'm sorry, Gemma, go ahead. Yeah, there's a difference as well. Like I said right at the start, some people do it without knowing that they're doing it for various other reasons, like the way that they've been brought up, previous relationships, addiction, and it's about recognizing that you're doing that and working towards putting a stop to it. And some of these on the list, even now, when I was reading them out, I thought, oh my God, I didn't realize. And I'm thinking, because even though I am now separated from the person that I was describing earlier, um, I still have a connection because of, well, a reason we'll say but um some of these things like um child support and things you don't think of that sometimes you think when you are away from that person and not talking to them that it's over but it isn't right because there are other ways that they can still have the coercive control without even having to ever speak to you yeah absolutely uh, one thing that you mentioned on the slide that I forgot about when we were opening up, we mm -hmm. talked about money being huge and we talked about um, uh, threatening violence to yourself or others, mm -hmm. uh, sexual relations and or using sex as a weapon is also very commonplace in this in these scenarios. Um, there is actually an entire uh, part of the 12-step program when I'm when I did my 12 steps for Alcoholics Anonymous and worked through my 12-step program uh, which you're never done don't get me wrong I'm not done the steps uh, 10 11 and 12 kind of repeat if you will they're the maintenance steps however uh, you can go back and do a step four or a step nine at any given time um, but anywho, there's a whole section about sex and taking an inventory, how you may or may not have used sex and resentment and sex as a weapon. Uh, and you'd be surprised what you can find, you write down on a list uh, of people to make amends to. <laughs> um, but sex is also high up on the list. Uh, let us take a look now. Uh, we'll go to some spotting of the signs. If you would, please, Gemma. Yeah. If by any chance that is really loud, I will go take it out of the cage. Because it's decided that the hamster has decided to eat the cage. You're muted. Is that really loud? Can you hear that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I can hear it. 
Do you want me to read this out first, or do you want me to go take that hamster out? I'll I'll read this one if you okay, want. Okay, I'm gonna mute it and take it out. We only have one. My um son's other hamster passed away over the weekend. Oh dear. So we only have one now. Uh, he's absolutely devastated, but this one's making enough noise for the two of them. So I'm just gonna go and remove <laughs> oh, this hamster from the cage. He's probably hurting. He's probably going through his feels right now. He just wants oh, his yeah. blood. Yeah, he's right. eating the cage. <laughs> go ahead and handle that. I'll we'll take a look at spotting the signs of coercive control. Spotting the signs of coercive control. Um, so we're looking at isolating you from your support system um, when you are gaslighted or gaslit or gaslighting is happening to you. I don't know what the appropriate past tense of that is. Uh, monitoring your activity throughout the day. This is your intimate partner or whoever. This stuff is happening to you. So if somebody's monitoring your activity throughout the day, monitoring, monitoring your location on your cell phone, that's a big one. Because nowadays, every, if you have a cell phone plan with somebody, if Gemini and I were on the same cell phone plan, I could literally see where she's been all day long because phones track that shit. Um, monitoring credit card uh, purchases or bank card uses, usages, um, those kind of things. Denying you freedom and autonomy. Uh, turning your kids against you. That is also quite frequently seen, uh, using your kids as a weapon, just like anything else. Uh, limiting access to your, or limiting your access to the money. Controlling aspects of your health and body. Name calling and putting you down. That's just a given. That's typical abuse. Reinforcing traditional gender roles. I'm the man, goddammit, and this is the way it's going to be, and you're going to listen to me, and I... That, you're just going to be in your place. And uh, I certainly will come off and say again, I did that when I was drinking. I don't know why. I was not an angry drunk by any stretch of the imagination. My wife was here for the shit of my alcohol and will tell you that I was not an angry drunk ever. Um, but for some reason or another, I would sometimes get that hair up my ass that I'm the man and this is the way it's going to be. Um, not anymore. Uh, remember that you're not alone. Support is available. So just uh, a quick looking at some support. Gemma, what do you got going on there? This thing. <laughs> that is a hamster. Is he joining us for the rest of the episode? I'm going to keep him here because he might be quiet then. As long as okay. he doesn't pee or poop on me, we're good. Can you read those slides still? Or are you... Yeah, yeah, I have a box to put him in there when I need to do it. <laughs> that says it was just I don't want to let her run around because I would never get her back. <laughs> All right, let's move. So that was taking a look at spotting the signs of coercive control. Uh, just a couple of things to be looking for. Uh, let's move on now to something called Biderman's Chart of Coercion. This is a, uh, I'll just read the top, a tool designed to demonstrate and explain coercive methods of stress manipulation used to torture prisoners of war. 
It has been applied to explain the course of techniques used by perpetrators of domestic abuse. So this is a this is a table or a chart of stuff that prisoners prisoners of war went through. Methods of torture for POWs. Gemma, go ahead with it. Yeah. Okay, so we've got the uh, three columns, method, effect, and purpose, and variance. So I'll read across them. So the first one is the uh, isolation, and it deprives the victim of all social support, of their ability to re resist, develops an intense concern with themselves. This could be the home environment, and makes the victim feel dependent. And then the variance says uh, complete sol uh, solarity. Confi solitary confinement, nearly, complete or partial isolation and group isolation. And then uh, monopolization of perception. So fixes attention upon immediate predicament, eliminates information not in compliance with demands, punishes independence and or resistance. And the uh, variance would be physical isolation, darkness or bright light, restricted movement, monotonous foods, and then humiliation and degradation, makes resistance more costly than compliance, and animal level concerns, and the variants say uh, personal hygiene prevented, de uh, demeaning punishments, insults and taunts, and denial of privacy. So, there's more to this chart, and I'll put it on the screen in a second, and we'll just skim through it. But these were the top three. I just wanted you to get a feel for what we're talking about here. Like, these are tactics that were used to torture prisoners of war. And it can be very easily paralleled into techniques, coercive techniques used by perpetrators of domestic abuse. It's the same thing. So the other half of that, exhaustion, threats, occasional indulgences, demonstrating omnipotence, uh, and forcing trivial demands. Omnipotence uh, suggests futility of resistance um, and confrontation showing complete control over victim space. You are in control, and they are going to know it. Um, of course, beating somebody down verbally, um, emotionally, not necessarily physically, but it could be, uh, and to a point of exhaustion, utilizing threats, uh, ad nauseum, threats to kill, vague threats, threats against the family, threats against others, threats of abandonment. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm going to leave your ass, and I'm not coming back, and I'm taking all the money. And the kids. Oh yeah, I hate you're gonna it. you're gonna fall in line, or I'm leaving, and I'm taking the kids. Yeah, and you'll never see the kids again. All of that stuff, I hate that. That was one thing that I was very adamant on that wouldn't happen. However, sometimes it happens with other ways where they decide they're not going to see them, and they're not going to pay for them, and they're not going to help. So it can work both ways. And as I say, when I was going through that list that we brought up before, I didn't even think about that being a form of co coercive control, really. 
because I just thought, okay, well, if you're out of that situation, it's not bad anymore. I 100% 100 learned a lot in setting this episode up, uh, doing the research that we do, getting, gathering the slides, gathering the right information, make sure Mm -hmm. that we don't present incorrect or inadequate information. Um, I learned a lot and it kind of really kicked you in the ass. Like, Oh, this is what I was doing. I I may not have been putting a hand on, but this isn't any better. Um, let's move on to, uh, eight examples of coercive control. And then we're going to get into, um, an off-topic offshoot that I talked about earlier that I feel like everybody uses this term incorrectly. We'll get to that next. Yeah, okay. So unacceptable behavior, eight eight examples of coercive control. This coercive control is insidious form of psychological abuse, which involves systematically isolating, belittling, disempowering, and gaslighting victims. In 2015, the Serious Crimes Act recognized coercive control as an offense, making the following examples of abusive behavior illegal in the UK. Yeah. Just what you were discussing there. And I want you to take notice that before we get into the the eight things here, or the eight examples, uh, the word that really pops there is systematically. Mm-hmm. Psychological abuse, which involves systematically isolating, belittling, disempowering, and gaslighting victims. Systematically, mm-hmm. that's premeditated, that is uh, laid out strategically. This isn't just something you thought up one day or one night in bed. This is something that you've been brewing for a while. You know, you've got this systematically handled. Right, yeah, okay, let me open that one back up. Let's just close it. Right, okay, so number one, stopping you from seeing your friends and family. So it is against the law for your partner to try and isolate you from other people, monitor your correspondence, use tracking devices and spyware, or tell you where you can or cannot go. Constantly putting you down. You do not have to put up with being continually mocked insulted, belittled, humiliated, or intimidated by your partner. Verbal abuse can be a form of coercive control by attacking your sense of self-worth. I'm just going to pick up on something real quick, it says. It keeps referring to partner, and it's illegal for your partner. I will look into it. I am hoping it's not just intimate partner that this is referring to because coercive control doesn't have to be a relationship it can be your family it can be friends it can be yep lots of other people yeah we but yeah we discussed that it, at, the, yeah. at the top of the hour um, so i don't know how far it goes to with the law of this because oh you're talking about the with law. the actual litigation yeah with the law right. that's what i mean so okay. i don't know if it's just intimate partner relationships it's referring to well, there you go. More more information to come. Uh, Joan's yep. going to look into that, and we'll post something up in the Discord. Yeah. Uh, so number three. Sorry, I got a bit off track there. Demonstrating extreme jealousy. So irrational paranoia, jealousy, possessiveness, and ridiculous accusations of cheating are all a red flag behavior for coercive control and are unacceptable behaviors of psychological abuse. Restricting and controlling finances, 
It is illegal for one partner to prevent the other from having access to money, even if they are the main breadwinner. This type of financial abuse, such as demanding receipts for purchases, punitive allowances, and restricting access to accounts could be grounds for prosecution. I, I would like to make mention that, um, as Gemma did say, she's going to find out more information on that. Um, this slide in particular is UK-based, so mm -hmm. the information you're hearing it where it's illegal for one per partner to prevent the other from having access. Um, we're not saying that's, I don't know what the laws are in Illinois. I don't know what the laws are in Canada. Oh, yeah, I don't know no. what goes on in Australia. Um, I haven't seen Craig. Uh, that bloke Craig in a while, we could ask him. Uh, but uh, just when she was reading that, I wanted to mention that this is a UK-based slide. I like to um, try and find different slides from around the world. Um, obviously, most of them lean on the United States and the UK, as Gemma and I are from each place, respectively. Um, but we do get some other things in there. All right, moving forward there to the last four. Okay, so number five, acting in a threatening manner. Abuse does not need to be physical to be terrifying. If your partner scares you, intimidates, threatens, or otherwise makes you feel unsafe, they are committing an offence. Number six, blackmailing you. Threatening to reveal personal information, call the police, or implicating you in illegal activity are all ways abusers try to take control but now are prosecutable by law. Uh, sharing sexually explicit images of you without your consent. So Big one, big one, big one oh. nowadays. Nowadays with the dawn, or not the dawn, but the uh, improvement of technology and everybody is, you know what they're doing with their technology out there. I don't have to tell you, but yeah. now everybody's got a picture of somebody. And oh, yeah. this, is, this is huge. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Jim. Uh, yeah, it can be technology and the way things have advanced can be brilliant, but also very scary with the AI stuff. And anyway, yeah. So revenge porn is an illegal act and your partner is not allowed to share intimate images of you to anyone on or offline. And then number eight, being controlling, setting rules and forcing you to do things. Your partner should not be allowed to control what you wear, where you go, who you see, or what you do. You should not be forced to do things you do not want to do, including sexual activity, or have to abide by strict rules set for your partner. Perfect. All right, there's eight ex examples of coercive behavior, coercive tactics, coercive control. Um, just, uh, please, like I said, if you are listening on any of the major podcast networks, platforms, whatever, be it Spotify, be it Apple podcasts, Google, uh, please feel free to click on the show notes. And there is a link in every single episode to, uh, invite you to our discord. So please feel free to join in the Discord. Come on in. You can see these slides if you want to read more, if you want to see more. Um, everything's there. Great community. Join us on Discord. Yeah. Yes, Gemma. I've just found, you know how I said I wondered if it was um, just intimate partner? Yeah. 
Uh, I've just had a real quick look on the uh, UK government website and it says section 76 of the Serious Crime Act 2015 provides the offence of controlling or coercive behaviour where the perpetrator and the victim are personally connected. Under the current legislation, personally connected means intimate partners or former intimate partners or family members who live together. So there you go. That's it. Uh, so there, there's a little clarification on that. Mm -hmm. But that shouldn't stop you from joining the Discord anyway. Yeah, you should do that. <laughs> you got that one live on air. Um, but uh, there's still plenty for you to check out in the Discord. Come on in. Um, it's really the best way to get in touch with us. And we'll talk a little bit more about that also at the uh, end here. Um, really quick. Uh, or not really quick. Uh, now let's get on to that. I just want to button up. I feel like, and we've done an episode on this term and topic, but it was a long time ago. It was episode 19. Wow. Almost 100 episodes ago. <laughs> uh, gaslighting. Uh, I feel like every time I hear somebody, it became a huge buzzword, a huge buzzword here in the past couple of years. Everybody's gaslighting everybody. Oh, You're gaslighting me. Right. Trump's gaslighting him. This is this, this. gaslight, gaslight, gaslight. And a mm -hmm. lot of people aren't using the term correctly. Uh, and it's just one of those things that let's take our our opportunity here that we have the platform that we do this show. And I want to offshoot here. We're going to watch a quick little five minute clip. Uh, so stay tuned with me. We'll be right back and we'll button this program up. Have you ever heard a lie so unrealistic that it seems improbable someone would actually use it? So improbable that you start wondering maybe you're missing something or misremembering a story? Has anyone ever made you question your reality? Have you ever been gaslighted? This is another field guide to bad behaviour. Let's explore how to navigate the wilderness of human nature. Gaslighting is a form of emotional abuse and thought manipulation with the aim of planting doubts in the mind of a person or group of people to make them question their own memory and perception of reality. It's been spotted in abusive relationships where it can destabilize the victim, make them unable to think clearly and so become dependent on the abuser. It also lives in the social domain and the political arena, where it's used as a tactic to preserve inequality or gain political dominance over large groups of people. Gaslighting may first appear as an honest, logical disagreement, but you can identify it by its telling signs, such as repeated lying, persistent denial of facts and evidence, misdirection and contradiction. The term comes from a 1938 play called Gaslight and its movie adaptations in which a husband misplaces objects and blames it on the wife in order to convince her she's losing her mind and should be institutionalized. He also tells her the occasional dimming of gas lights in the house is just a figment of her imagination. In reality, the gas lights flicker because he's turned on the lights in the attic, secretly searching for valuables. Gaslighting as a behavior was first noted in a clinical report in 1969 
which included a handful of cases where people were sent to a mental hospital through an elaborate plot designed to make them look mentally ill. This pure form of gaslighting, in which the manipulator intentionally plots to make someone look insane and get rid of them, is quite rare. More often, gaslighting involves a desire to gain influence over someone and keep them around or keep them from causing trouble. In relationships, gaslighters may repeatedly deny any wrongdoing, even in the face of solid evidence. In the workplace, an employee who's left out of meetings might be told they're just paranoid, and someone who's experienced harassment may hear they're just too sensitive. The idea is to ignore facts, erode a person's judgment, and coerce them into believing an alternate narrative. And this strategy works magic in politics. Although circumventing facts and pushing agendas to masses of people is nothing new, gaslighting saw a spike in interest during the 2016 presidential election in the US, and the term gained a new mainstream recognition. Gaslighting hasn't been studied extensively, and we don't fully understand what drives this behaviour. But we can take a look at its components, compulsive lying and intolerance for opposition. The ability to lie and manipulate others is a universal human trait that emerges early on in childhood. Researchers speculate that it may have given us an advantage by replacing the need to use physical force to get what we want. But most people have limits. Gaslighters, though, lie compulsively and only make up even bigger lies when confronted. And according to philosopher Kate Abramson of Indiana University, gaslighters can't tolerate any challenge to the way they see things. The anxiety about the possibility of disagreement leads gaslighters to erode the other person's sense of judgment and independent perspective. So how can you turn off the gas? Stopping gaslighting isn't easy, but you can start by taking these steps. Pay careful attention to your own experience. Instead of doubting yourself, ask the opinion of a third person and check in with them regularly. When stuck in a problematic relationship, seek help from a therapist. And note that not everyone gaslights intentionally. Be aware of your own behaviours as well as those of others. Human relationships can be strange and treacherous. But if you know what red flags to look for, you can try to avoid falling into some traps. Until next time. All right, uh, so that's gaslighting. I wanted to do that because as it always does, or as it always seems to do, when a term blows up, like it was just mentioned in that uh, video, and becomes mainstream, people start using it and don't even really know what they're talking about. So um, gaslighting itself has a whole different, uh, I, I, it plays so perfectly into coercive control tactics, making you so spun around that you don't know your right from your left mm -hmm. and questioning what reality is. What just happened? What do you mean? I didn't do that. Did I? Like, that's gaslighting. And I, I wanted to um, kind of bring some extra light to that 
we don't have to really go through this one. This one's going to be added into the Discord as well. Am I being gaslighted? There's the, I couldn't think of how to uh, pluralize that or whatever, the past tense rather. But just some things like you often defend the gaslighter's behavior. So, you know, you're, you're victim playing, or you're not victim playing. Um, what do you call that when you have uh, Stockholm syndrome? Mm-hmm. You're you're in, you're gonna fight to the death for your captor essentially. Um, feeling alone, powerless, and passive, often feeling confused, ending up you're the one ending up apologizing for something you didn't even do. <laughs> you get so spun around that you're apologizing now. Um, uh, lying to friends, family to protect the gaslighter. Uh, these are just signs that you may that may indicate someone is gaslighting you. Um, so don't be afraid to check out the warning signs. Don't be afraid to do further research. I saw an interesting um, tidbit when I was pulling some of this material together. Uh, if you do start researching, you think this is happening to you, not just gaslighting, but coercive control is happening to you. Um, and you do extra research uh, on the computer or something, it's a good idea to close all the tabs after you're done looking at them. Because like we had mentioned before in one of the slides, you are being tracked and you are being watched. Uh, So as soon as you get up and leave the computer, whoever would be uh, the perpetrator in this scenario, is probably gonna sit down and see what you were just looking at. So if you have the means, Try and get rid of that history. This was, again, a tip and tidbit from how to start seeking help. Speaking of help, uh, Naomi can drop the exclamation point helplines. They are always there in our Discord and our bio link. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you need help, don't be afraid to reach out and grab some help. Uh, you can talk to Gemma and I. Naomi is also in uh, a moderator role, and so is a ray of sunshine in the Discord channel. Uh, reach out to us if you don't know where to start, but uh, to get you somewhere kind of in the ballpark, uh, at least for the United States, um, we have this that I found uh, from uh, episodes past. I just changed the... Uh, um, logo but uh the 24 7 confidential that's the big key confidential it is a confidential line um national domestic violence for the united states is 1-800-799-7233 i think that's 799 safe um and then we do have all the others uh listed in the discord and the bio link as well. There's also some more domestic violence helplines and resources for rape, abuse, um, love is respect, national teen dating abuse, and uh, domestic violence itself, um, as we have just discussed. 24 7, 365, always there, always confidential. That's where you can get started. Or you can come talk to us or talk to a doctor, talk to a friend, talk to somebody, get started if you feel like this is happening. Um, Gemma, anything to add on that? Um, I have actually got a thing that I can post with some domestic violence numbers. I'll put them in the Discord for various different countries. If you ever see your country 
is not on any of the things we use and you want it to be added, drop me a message and I'll do the research and get it on the uh, regular things that we use. But yeah, definitely you're not alone in the Discord. There are many people in there to help. And also if you need any, if you need signposting to anything that's out there, reach out and uh, one of us will be able to uh, give you some sort of information. Indeed. All right, guys, that is a good look at coercive control. More to come on domestic abuse. More to come on coercive control. Mm -hmm. I found this episode fascinating. I learned a lot, and I definitely want to do more about these topics. So that's it for tonight, though. We're going to get on out of here. Let's do some community calendar uh, before we wrap up. As always, our good friend Jim in Chicago land. Uh, I haven't seen him. Uh, actually, he just did. I posted it in the Discord and on Twitter. He just did an interview. I got to catch the replay of. Uh, unfortunately, unfortunately, it was 9.30 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. So I was already long in bed, but I do want to watch the replay on that. It's on my Twitter page. Yeah, you're back to a normal sleep time now. You have a chance. Yeah. <laughs> but Catalyst is every Wednesday on Twitch here with Jim in Chicago land, give him a follow and uh, join him for a relaxing and welcoming audience and a warm candle, 11 p.m. tonight-ish, uh, not a hard set. Uh, check out a ray of sunshine on YouTube. Ray's here in the chat. He's one of our mods and we thank him for his service as well to the Mental Health Hour as well as Hattie. Very much so appreciate it, everything you guys do. Uh, so give him a follow over on YouTube. He's doing good things over there with his broadcast. Uh, want more Gemma? Find her here on Twitch as well. Cooking, baking, crafting, streams. And check out her YouTube channel as well. Mm. Uh, the bio link is also listed there. And don't forget to follow and share. Beardo and Weirdo are back uh, Thursday nights at 8 p.m. Join Blaine and Piano Man for another great cooking, trivia, games, great friends, kind of happy stream. It's just a great time. I highly recommend the, the stream. If you can make it, check it out, please. And then for all things Bunny, please check out our great sponsor, Ella the Bunny Mom. Check out her store. Her website is www.mybunnyvalentine.com. Use the uh, purchase code or the promo code FIREDUDE15 to save 15% on all your purchases. I don't have a bunny with me right now. I think Penelope made off with one. Uh, but there's a lot of great merchandise. You got Christmas coming up, all kinds of great bunny merchandise, everything from apparel to electronics to Bluetooth speakers, et cetera, et cetera. Give her a follow on Twitch as well. She's got a brand new bunny. Um, her her longtime friend, Puppy Cat, uh, crossed the rainbow br bridge, as she said. And uh, mm. now, now she has uh, a new rescue rabbit from Save a Bunny named Pippin. I met him this morning. Oh, she was good. live and I was I saw she was live so I hopped in and and met the little guy. She's got um, a lot of love to give to those bunnies. I'm glad she's got another one. That is correct. Uh that is all we got for you tonight. We'll, we will see you back here next Wednesday and every Wednesday at 6 p.m. Eastern time unless something happens out of the ordinary or we are scheduled off that week which you can always find in the Discord. So, can't say that enough. 
Thank you again to everybody for joining in. Thank you for all the bits, subs, shares, likes, tweets, etc. And uh, thanks for the constant support. We really appreciate it. Mm -hmm. We'll see you guys next week. Yeah. Bye now. Bye.